0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 21st, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Centralization at the federal level reduces accountability and transfers to powerful interest groups in Washington the ability to easily influence political decisions. That states also should devolve many of their functions to the local level. Greg Lawson with the Buckeye Institute makes the case for devolving power and money out of state capitals. We're used to hearing that the federal government takes... Takes too much, you know. State taxes are typically a small fraction of, of the taxes taken by uh, the federal government, uh, uh, and yet, uh, while we hope that the federal government will devolve a lot of its activities, you say you suggest that the state government should also do that.
1: Uh, absolutely, could not agree more. Of course, there's more money that gets taken out from Washington, but the same principle applies. The central government the state capital, uh, ends up redistributing money from one jurisdiction to another jurisdiction, and local taxpayers uh, are unable to fully hold their local officials accountable, oftentimes because local officials have a really bad habit of uh, saying that everything is coming from, they either have a mandate that comes from the central government, from the capital, or they say that uh, they they can't do something because they don't get enough money from uh, the capital. And so then uh, when they do talk about needing to raise taxes or things like that, what they'll inevitably do is they'll blame the capital instead of blaming themselves. And so one of the things about you know, devolving power to local governments, sort of a federalism within the state itself, is that it's going to force them to be more accountable because they won't have the excuse to go back and say it's all about the central government.
0: I'm from Kentucky, and uh, one of the notable characteristics about Kentucky is that so much money goes through the state. There are 120 counties in Kentucky, more in absolute terms and per capita than any other state. And there is this expectation that if you want a local water project, if you want a local sewer project, you have to go ask Frankfurt for the money
1: there's a hat in hand uh, approach to things and that's just not the way it should be done. If we we talk all the time again about like you said devolving it at the national level, the same thing applies. There's no reason that uh, it, the people in in the in the capital are always going to be more distant from the local taxpayers. Obviously, we know about all the competing interests and things that happen there and the special interests that get involved and the crony issues that are involved. The only way that you're going to be able to block some of that and get some of that control back is to literally embrace fully local control, and that means cutting the cord as much as you can there may still be certain things that come. That, that come. There may be some amount of road funding and some amount of school things and things of that nature. Uh, it, it would be probably difficult, if not impossible, to get rid of all of it. But when you have bill, literally billions of dollars, and certainly in Ohio, the state that, that I'm from, uh, they're spending about 13, almost $14 billion a year uh, across all kinds of different taxing jurisdictions. And what that is, is that it's, it's general revenue fund. It's state tax dollars that are coming in from income taxes from everybody around the state and the sales tax from around the whole state, and then they're saying, okay, we're going to recycle this around uh, to do what we want to here and there through various other reimbursement schemes uh, that they have. Fortunately, uh, we've started to scale back some of those reimbursement schemes in Ohio. Uh, We think that's a good thing, but as would be eminently predictable, the local government officials have been screaming to high heaven, claiming that the sky is going to fall down. I mean, it's really chicken little out there. Uh, or they're saying it's like acting like chicken little. I mean, uh, the rhetoric is complete hyperbole because in fact, because their, their local revenues are actually increasing, uh, many of their sources of general revenues at the local level that are exclusive there. So we can do that and then we can force them to be accountable by making sure that the local guys know what to do and they can ask the questions and there's no more hiding behind. Oh, I got a cut from, uh, Columbus.
0: Let me play devil's advocate here. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm from Kentucky. There are some counties that, uh, or cities that just don't produce any revenue.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, what we have to be very careful about, I think, in, and it's, it's certainly the case in Ohio, and I anticipate this being the case in other places as well, there is a question as to what do you do with these local government entities. How do we stretch what resources they do have? I mean, everybody's going to have some level of resources. As you point out, some areas, property tax poor because you don't have the industry or maybe natural resources. There's an infinite number of reasons why there could be challenges, but there's also ways that you can be creative with what you do have. And you also have to ask tax, what are the local services that they that are demanded? I mean, safety is obviously usually one, police and fire, uh, schools and a variety of other things, but oftentimes what you find is that there's local jurisdictions or taxing authorities that go well above and beyond what we consider to be the necessary things that government should do. And they also are the recipients of a lot of this largesse that comes from the capital maybe those things shouldn't exist. Maybe some local governments can can do a variety of things like sharing services among different jurisdictions, having contractual relationships with other entities to stretch their their limited dollars. There's not a one-size-fits-all solution by any means, but it's the ability to think creatively. And all too often, I think, that when you get the money coming in, you don't have to think creatively because it's just there for you and you can continue to do what you've always done.
0: Are there automated ways for the state government to begin that process of devolving, there are always, always local option taxes that uh, states can uh, allow local governments to impose, but I guess how would a state go about systematically saying to local governments, we're not going to take this money from you anymore, but we're also not going to do X anymore in your local community?
1: They can start by cutting taxes uh, at the state level because if you have a lot of this revenue sharing that's going on, a lot of it is because they're able to generate the revenues, which is because of the rates they have. So, as we are always about, you know, cutting taxes is a good thing, uh, especially in states with income taxes, uh, uh, but sales tax with states as well. Cutting the rates increases economic activity. When you start doing that, they're going to reduce their ability to do a lot of the sharing. And so that's the, that's the space that they've been able to do a lot of the, the money with and cycling it back through. Certainly that's been the case in Ohio where there's a, a dedicated fund uh, that, they, that they actually do that's, that they've been spending historically since the Great Depression even uh, on local governments. But as they, we've been cutting taxes, part of the ability to cut the taxes was partially paid for by clawing some of that money back. That's a good thing. So states really need to think about that, and that actually brings up the other issue of competitiveness writ large, even beyond the de- devolution of powers. We should be cutting taxes and cutting spend and, and cutting the size of government at the state level too down to the appropriate size. So as they do that, there won't be the funding available for them to then recycle, keep the strings attached, keep the power over the local governments. They'll have to cut that cord because of that.
0: You're saying that uh, shrinking revenues to the state capital. Will then uh, put upon lawmakers an incentive to then devolve uh, authority to local governments.
1: There will be the, the, in the first phase. Now, if you do things right, you will have economic growth, and as you have growth, you'll be able to. You'll they'll still be raising adequate revenue, and in some cases, they may actually have over time increased revenue as you get your full reforms in. But yes, in the early stages, you're going to have to uh, use that as the opportunity to not spend as much. So I think that that's one key thing that will help from a strictly uh, technical sense. It's just a matter of dollars and cents and what comes in. But I do think that there is a second thing there. That's that's the first thing, but that's really a reflection of, of, of a commitment that uh, leaders within a state capital have to make. And the decision they have to make is – uh, we have to have folks in office that that respect the local governments and say, look, we want the locals to be accountable there. We don't necessarily know best. Uh, I mean, a lot of them obviously come up through local government. They know what the, some of the hard decisions that have to be made. But they should say that's what you're electing your commissioners or your city councils and trustees and townships and things do so it's, I think that the tax cuts and the shrinking some of the revenues on the front side is a good thing, uh, and that 's how you technically get there. but we have to have a mindset change to some extent among many legislators there 's As there is with Washington, there's the desire to have power uh, run up the flagpole in a hierarchical way. And uh, it's been going that way for a long time. But if you're part of the liberty movement, if you're part of wanting to to realize that we we want freedom, uh, we have to start switching that around. And we have to start getting people elected, quite frankly, who who believe that, too, uh, so that they can make that decision. They can stick to it instead of listening to people howl and yell and scream at the local level and then get scared and reverse whatever they, they started doing. Greg Lawson is Statehouse
0: Liaison and Policy Analyst at the Buckeye Institute. We spoke at the State Policy Network's annual meeting in Denver. Learn more about state and federal governments at our website, cato.org.